Hello, and we're into the book of Kings. We're into 1 Kings chapter 1, and we're about to start exploring all the kings of Israel and Judah. We've been through Saul, Ishbosheth briefly, and David, three kings. But we're now to explore another 38 and one queen. And we're going to find that there's a crazy bunch of different people here. <laughs> and as we go through it all, we're also going to see that there's only one true king, the Lord Jesus Christ, King of Kings. God never intended for there to be a king on the throne of Israel other than himself. He was always the leader. And even when Saul became the king, the Lord always referred to Israel as my people. So he was always the king in his mind. But we find that when you put a human king on the throne or a queen, as is, was the case in one example, they tend to rule the way they think. And apart from a few exceptions like David that we've just been exploring and a few like Hezekiah later on, they pretty much all do things their own way. In fact, out of all of these, there are only seven. Depends, some people think eight, seven slash eight good kings. Not very many. But anyway, we're going to start exploring that right now with the book of 1 Kings. Kings was originally one big scroll, I guess you could say, and but today we have it as two books, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, but it's, it's really just one book and written by the prophet Jeremiah. Now, if, if I was to ask you which biblical character wrote the most, the biggest part of the Bible, you know, you get different answers. Um, some people might say, Isaiah, because it's the book with the, you know, 66 chapters. Some people would say, oh, it would be, you know, Paul. He wrote the most books. But interestingly, in the New Testament, Paul did write a lot of books, but they're all small. Luke, who wrote Luke and Acts, wrote about the same amount as Paul, or even maybe slightly more, interestingly. But if you realize that Jeremiah had written the book of first and second kings as well as jeremiah as well as lamentations you realize wow jeremiah wrote the biggest chunk of the bible who knew <laughs> so we're now into the book of Jer to the writings of jeremiah and he lived hundreds of years after where the book starts so he's got access to you know records of the kingdom and, and other stuff and he's put put the book together for us so we're reading the words of jeremiah one kings one now King David was old and advanced in years, and they covered him with clothes, but he couldn't keep warm. Therefore his servant said to him, Let a young virgin be sought for my lord the king. Let her stand before the king and cherish him, and let her lie in your bosom, that my lord the king may keep warm. So they sought for a beautiful young lady throughout all the borders of Israel, and they found Abishag the Shunammite, and they brought her to the king. The young lady was very beautiful, and she cherished the king and served him, but the king did not know her intimately. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. Then he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. His father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Adonijah killed sheep, cattle, and fatlings by the stone of Zaholeth, which is beside Enrogel, 
And he called all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But he didn't call Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, and the mighty men, and Solomon his brother. Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Haven't you heard that Adonijah the son of Haggith reigns, and David our Lord doesn't know it? Now therefore come, please let me give you counsel, that you may save your own life and your son Solomon's life. Go into the king David, and tell him, Didn't you, my lord king, swear to your servant, saying, Assuredly Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then does Adonijah reign? Behold, while you are still talking with the king, I will also come in after you and confirm your words. Bathsheba went into the king in his room. The king was very old, and Abishag the Shudamite was serving the king. Bathsheba bowed and showed respect to the king. The king said, What would you like? She said to him, My lord, you swore by Yahweh your God to your servant. Assuredly Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Now behold, Adonijah reigns, and you, my lord the king, don't know it. He has slain cattle and fatlings and sheep in abundance, and has called all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the captain of the army, but he hasn't called Solomon your servant. You, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will happen, when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be considered criminals. Behold, while she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. They told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. When he had come in before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. Nathan said, My lord, king, you have said, Have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today and has slain cattle, fatlings, and sheep in abundance, and has called all the king's sons, the captains of the army, and Abiathar the priest. Behold, they are eating and drinking before him, and saying, Long live King Adonijah. But he hasn't called me, even your servant, Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon. Was this thing done by my lord the king? And you haven't shown to your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Then King David answered, Call Bathsheba into me. She came into the king's presence and stood before the king. The king swore and said, As Yahweh lives, who has redeemed my soul out of all adversity, most certainly as I swore to you by Yahweh, the God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, I will most certainly do this today. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and showed respect to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. They came before the king. The king said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord and cause Solomon my son to ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there, king, over Israel, blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. Then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. I have appointed him to be prince over Israel and over Judah. Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. May Yahweh the God of my lord the king say so. As Yahweh has been with my lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord, King David. 
So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Kerithites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. They blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon! All the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth shook with their sound. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they had finished eating. When Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Why is this noise of the city being in an uproar? While he yet spoke, behold, Jonathan the son of Abiathar the priest came, and Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man, and you bring good news. Jonathan answered Adonijah, Most certainly our lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent him with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Kerithites and Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride on the king's mule. Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon. They have come up from their rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the noise that you have heard. And Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom. Moreover, the king's servants came to bless our lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may his throne be greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed. Also thus said the king, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne today, my eyes even seeing it. All the guests of Adonijah were afraid, <laughs> and they rose up, and each man went his way. Adonijah was afraid because of Solomon, and he arose and went and hung onto the horns of the altar. Solomon was told, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon, for behold, he is hanging onto the horns of the altar, saying, let King Solomon swear to me first that he will not kill his servant with the sword. Solomon said, If he shows himself a worthy man, not a hair of his head shall fall to the earth, but if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed down to King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go to your house. So, new book. <laughs> Another whole exciting section of the Bible and uh, starts with King David and uh, in his old age he can't keep warm and he they search the land and they find a very beautiful woman Abishag the Shunammite. Shunam is way up in the top of Israel and um, it's a place where later on in the Bible uh, Elisha is going to spend some time in Shunam that's what's most well known for but Abishag the Shunammite comes from here and she's apparently very good looking and they bring her to the king and her job is to basically be his nurse. She's not a concubine. She doesn't sleep with the king in a sexual way. Um, there's medieval paintings, you know, of this scene and she's lying in bed with him, you know, cuddling up, keeping him warm. <laughs> no electric blankets back, you know, in uh, 1000 BC. So she's his electric blanket. And, uh, but it's not a sexual thing. And very interestingly, it says that she cherished the king. So this young lady, she really loved him. She, if you think about it, she had a very special job. She had the job of taking care of the king personally. She fed him every day. She, she kept him warm. She, she was a very precious job. And what a blessed young lady to have that job. And, um, 
but she didn't become his concubine. Now that's um, that's a good and a bad thing. Um, it's 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 good that it wasn't a sexual relationship. It's good that it was purely one of genuine service and love. Um, but it, it ends up causing problems in the next chapter, which we're going to find out about very soon. So she's there, and she, she loves the king, and she serves him. And I thought that wouldn't it be great if you and I had the same attitude that this young lady had towards the king, if we had the same attitude towards our king, if we just cherish him, and we would serve him in any way. Now, our God, our king, he's not old and infirm. He doesn't need to be kept in warm in, kept warm in bed. But you'll remember in Matthew chapter 25, um, there's a, a parable, the parable of the sheep and the goats. And there's these people that they stand before the Lord on judgment day and the Lord separates the sheep. He separates them just like a, you know, someone separating sheep and goats. And he said to the goats, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. Or, or you know, let's add another phrase in there. You didn't keep me warm in bed. You didn't visit me in jail. Well, and they said, what? When did, we, when did we not do that? And he said, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. So we have the opportunity to cherish the Lord by loving those around us. When we see someone hungry and we feed them, when we see someone short on clothes and we give them clothes. And, um, you know, we don't get as many opportunities to do these kinds of loving things as they had in years past because we live in a fairly affluent society, but how you can participate is when you see needs come up overseas. Um, we've had the various COVID appeals, people who don't get fed, we chip in and we feed them. And when we do these types of things, what, what we're doing is we're doing the same thing as Abishag the Shunammite. We're, we're, we're loving the Lord and cherishing him. And I think it's a very, very cool little picture. So David had many, many sons, the first son was Amnon, he died uh, in the last book. Absalom was the third son, he died in the last book. The second son was Kiliab, we never hear what happened to him. A lot of people think he just died in infancy. So sons number one, two, and three are out of the picture. Son number four is Adonijah, and he decides, I'm gonna be the king. <laughs> now on one hand it makes sense because um, he's the next in line to the throne. He's son number four, but son numbers one, two, and three are out of the picture. So at a, at a logical point of view, you'd say, all right, I'm the oldest son. I'm gonna be the next king. And he actually says in this chapter, I will be king. There's only a problem with that, is that David has already announced that Solomon will be king. He made a promise to Bathsheba, we read it in the chapter, but clearly everyone knows about it because when Adonijah invites all the brothers to come to his celebration of becoming king. The only brother he doesn't invite, <laughs> Solomon. So he obviously knows something about it. And um, we, don't, we don't know all the detail, but um, his claim saying, I will be king, is something that Lucifer did way back before the dawn of creation. Um, the devil, he wanted to be God. And we see a bit of a bit of a picture of this in the book of Ezekiel, and I think it's chapter 22, or is it chapter 27? It's right, anyway, it's in the middle of Ezekiel. It's called, it's a prophecy to the king of Tyre. So on, at an earthly level, it's a prophecy to an actual earthly king. But in that prophecy to the king of Tyre, there's these couple of phrases that are speaking of the dawn of time and speaking of Lucifer. 
and it talks about this angel that walked among the fiery stones before the world was made and he realized how beautiful it was and he said in his heart of hearts, I will be God. See, that was the devil right there. He was a creation. God's the creator, uncreated. But the devil's a creation. But the devil said, I will be God. And what we've got here is a son of David saying, I will be king. It's a terrible, terrible trap when you or anyone tries to elevate themselves. The Bible says that it is the Lord who exalts and it is the Lord who brings down. And if the Lord is calling you to take some position, let the Lord exalt you. You remember way back in the early parts of David's life when Saul was king and David was anointed to be king, but he, and he had even had the opportunities to become the king by killing Saul, he doesn't take it. He waits for the Lord to exalt him as king. But here we've got a son of David. He's not waiting. He's going to exalt himself. <laughs> and it all turns out very nasty. Uh, in the chapters ahead, he will be killed. But right here, David is forced into action and um, he ends up going ahead with his plan and he anoints Solomon as king. Solomon is put on the throne and David says that he gets to see it with his own eyes. And that's true. How often do you have a king appoint their own successor and get to see it? It's not all that common. So we've got a, just a very brief period of time where both David and Solomon are kind of both king at the same time, a co-regency. It's very, very cool. Of all of the, the wives of David, David had 22 wives and all of the sons, we get the impression that David wasn't that great of a father. I've said before that he was a man who reflected Christ, but he was also a very human figure at the same time. Being a good father was one of, one of his weaknesses. He wasn't a great father. And we think that he didn't input into his sons very well at all. But there was one son that he inputted into, and I suggest probably two. And I think these were the sons of Bathsheba. And we know that David inputted into Solomon's life because we read about it in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 1, and in several places he said, When I was young, my father took a hold of me and said to me these words. And he writes the things that David said to Solomon, and they're, they're, they're great words of advice. If you want to um, sit on the knee or sit at the feet of David and hear personal advice from David straight to your heart, go to the book of Proverbs because some of the things that Solomon says, they're straight from David's heart right there. So David may have been a flawed character and not a perfect father, but he did input into Solomon and I suspect into Nathan as well, one of his other sons too. So Lord, we thank you for the, the book of Kings. We thank you that all that we will learn from here and I pray that you'd open up the book ahead of us and cause it to speak to our hearts as well as educate our minds. I pray that we'd be strengthened as we go through this book in Jesus' name. Amen.